Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, JC and Tim. All right, welcome to Inside the Game, guys. The show, <clears throat> JC Sherbert, Phil Mullinax, right off the bat. Love, love, love when David Kloniger, I, I said it right, right? Yeah, good. yeah. Thank, thank God. I've been sweat. I've been sweating that since last time we had you on. That's lead off, Dave. How you doing, man? I can't complain, JC. You know, it's kind of in that uh, not dead period, but kind of slow down period where there's no press conferences to go to, but the transfer portal's open. So you never know when a tweet's going to come up, like the other night, an hour after I went to bed. Oh, oh so no! Best offensive playmakers in the portal. And yeah. Five thirty the next morning. So, the transfer life. portal, man, it, it's nuts. We we just had a twenty four seven sports. We had like a company wide meeting about it. Uh, I guess they anticipated a lot of zaniness uh, nationally and all that. And certainly, uh, Jaheim Bell was a surprise, wasn't it? I mean, the dude selling t shirts to Gamecock fans like about noon, and then all of a sudden he jumps on the portal. Uh, you know, I, and, and I don't know that it was a huge surprise that he did. I, I just think the timing was weird, right? Oh, absolutely, JC. Um, I, I wrote that exact thing in a newsletter this morning. I mean, fact is, I wouldn't have been surprised if he said immediately after the Clemson, uh, Clemson game, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave because yeah, okay, we were all here midseason. We all saw that you weren't happy and deservedly so with your usage. Hey, fare thee well. And I also wouldn't have been surprised if he said, "Hey, I'm I'm going pro. Yeah, sure, go go ahead. I, I think you can make a lot of money playing this game. But for him to Basically spend the week, you know, kind of gigging Clemson with about the Beamer Bowl in Miami against Tennessee. And then, like you said, with the T-shirts, less than a day before and saying specifically, come to Jacksonville and wear this T-shirt to support me. By the way, I'm transferring. I thought, oh, well, okay. And, uh, you know, I've reached out to, to people I know in the program, but the only people I was going to actually print and say here's why was either Jaheim or his family. And so far there's been radio silence from each. So, you know, all you say is like, hey, uh, you know, I'm not going to come down on you. I don't know your reasoning, but good luck. And now for South Carolina's perspective, it's don't go somewhere where they're going to have to see you again. (laughs) Colorado, okay, fine. Florida, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, Florida, I, I have a feeling. Florida. I think Florida State may have something to say about it too, just from talking to some folks. Uh, affiliated with that program. Uh, uh, I don't know how much better he fits into, I guess Norvell's offense, he'd probably fit in better than the sad attack, right? Uh, <laughs> they won't, they won't be making him wear play running back. They actually time. be on the field. There's an improvement. Yeah. Right there. hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no doubt about it, but uh, yeah, Austin Stogner too. Um, 
maybe a slight surprise. I kind of heard he was going to declare, but uh, then dumb me when I kind of thought about it. I was like, he's not ready. I mean, he needs to get a lot stronger. Uh, now that he's not a good player, understand his frustration as well because Dave, the Missouri game, as ugly as it was, Austin was kind of a bright spot. Then all of a sudden, uh, against Florida, he he got four plays in the first half. Right. And uh, with Austin, I can see a lot of it to where I think he's got the body type to be ready. I, I do think he's strong enough, but his speed is not great. And I don't know how much that's going to improve, uh, you know, being an, an older guy already. Uh, I thought that he would definitely go pro if not come back because, yeah, here's a weird thing. Uh, going into the bowl announcement press conference at Williams Price, I ran into someone and we're talking and he's like, you know, the latest I've heard, Rattler and Stogner are probably going to come back. That's kind of a package deal. I thought, oh, okay, well, we'll we'll see how that goes. Next day, Stogner's in the transfer portal. So, um, you know, he has said uh, to others that he wants to get back closer to home. I get it. Um, But with him, I think that it was a case of hate to lose you because you were instrumental in getting Spencer Rattler here. But in terms of your use, he got passed. You know, Nate Atkins was playing a lot more. Jaheim Bell was playing a lot more. Trey Kenyon and he were on the field at a lot of the same times. And Kenyon was kind of not necessarily getting the ball to him, but the plays were running toward Kenyon's side of the field. So maybe Stogner didn't like that, maybe not. But it's a case of like, well, you know, uh, I would think with him, there's still an open door to saying, I still may enter the NFL. Okay, well, hey, do what you got to do. I mean, he's a kid from Texas, so if it is going to get back closer to home, hey, good luck. No one, no one can question that part of it. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, and that's the thing. I think a rule of thumb is, and I think we, I'm actually surprised DJ, uh, DJ from Clemson. I'm going to be like Todd Ellison. I try to pronounce his name. <laughs> um, he just calls him DJ. DJ, but you know, I, I, you know, he's from California, right? And and I think a rule of thumb especially in today's transient college football world, the further a kid is away from home, sort of sometimes the more likely a trainer regardless. Uh, although Jay Burton uh, gets off the bus at Georgia after winning a national title and just stops in Tuscaloosa and is like, I'm staying here, you know, <laughs> last year. So that, that, that California kids, you just never know. Um, Gator Bowl. Uh, you Actually, before we get to that, you've been covering this program for forever. Um <laughs> You've probably been familiar with it your whole life. Have you ever seen anything like the last two weeks of the regular season? <laughs> I really haven't, JC. I mean, for it to switch that dynamically, you know, from just not doing anything right against Florida, and then all of a sudden you go up against Tennessee, which we all knew had a bad pass defense. It was like, well, that doesn't matter. Are you going to be able to actually exploit it and actually keep them out of the end zone? And to beat them the way they did was incredible. Then they go to Clemson, and it's like, well, see, now here's a bad matchup. Last Mm -hmm. week, maybe it was a fluke, but this week, you know they're going to run the ball, and you can't stop it. And you know their defensive front is good, so you can't run against it. So what are you actually going to do? And then really the same thing happens. A lot closer game, but if you also consider that it was a nine-point game at halftime, and South Carolina spotted them those nine points with a pick six and a safety. So it's like, as badly as they played, they're still right there in this game. And it was right then that I thought, you know, they're probably going to mess around and win this thing. Don't ask me how, but they're probably going to. And then all of a sudden there's um, a Nick Emanwari recovering that punt. So, you know, it's 
it's nuts. I, I've never seen anything like this in, in South Carolina football to where it was just that fierce of a switch. But, you know, as uh, a lot of people have pointed out, including Tony uh, this morning, to me, it kind of reeked of like Satterfield knew one coming back. So it's like, you know what? Let's try this. Because if it doesn't work, I'm going anyway. You know, why not? <laughs> and they let it all hang out. They threw the ball around. And uh, the main thing, from what I've been harping on all season, Spencer Rattler said in an early interview, well, we came out up tempo. I like running up tempo. Yeah, it looked good. So what was the mystery why you quit doing it? Not him, but the play calling. They finally started doing that and saying, go fast, keep them on their heels. And speaking of that Clemson game, you know, the the throw to Juice Wells where they immediately had to answer after Will Shipley's touchdown when it was 30-21, I saw Juice break, and I thought, well, is Spencer going to be able to get the ball to him? Once he got both feet set, I was like, that's a touchdown. I mean, if it's (laughs) – yeah. Touchdown. And I thought to myself, how many times have you seen him actually set both feet this year and throw? And I maybe counted four off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look, but there haven't been many, which is the case of just like, what was this offense doing for 10 games before those last two? Yeah, and they got him out on that play. They got him out, out of the pocket. He did have pressure in the pocket, and he, he kind of just rolled out. That was a design rollout, I think. And, uh, you know, good. it was a good block on that play, too. I can't remember who did it, but, uh, yeah, and I got to give you props, man. It's not often that you nail the final score of a game. <laughs> and being a sports writer in South Carolina, to nail the final score of that game, unreal. Uh, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> even a blind pig finds a truffle every once in a while. I've been justifying it. The only reason I picked them to win, JC, was I had the same mindset as I did for the Kentucky game, which I also picked them to win. Mm-hmm. The matchups were bad. There was no tangible reason I could say, yeah, they're going to win. I just thought to myself, you know, it's about time they win one of these. I swear yeah. that was that was the only reasoning. So I said, I'll pick them to win. As for 31 to 30, I came up with it, you know, just randomly on a Tuesday because I thought if it, it comes down to a kick, they've got a kicker. Mitch Jeter yeah. is money. So let's just pick a one-point game, and I figured, I don't know, 31. Oh. See, I thought I thought you did it because I remember in 16, <laughs> you picked that exact same score. Oh, was it the same score? What I didn't even know. Yeah, I, re- I, 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 I don't hold the pick against you because Carolina was hot at the time, and, and Clemson had lost to Pitt at home. And, uh, of course, that was a terrible, terrible offensive game plan. I'll never forget that. As long, the, the guy in the yellow hat. Getting Jake to run forty yards. I mean, that was. I was like, "Whoa! If this is the big plan, they're in for a big date." But I, no, I thought you were like redemption there. I, I didn't, I didn't know. But that's, uh, yeah, thirty-one thirty. And and you know what? It came down. It reminded me of the 06 game too, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Spurrier's first win, where they just and, did, lot went wrong, but they kept playing. And what's weird about that, JC Ryan Suckup in that game hit a thirty-five yarder with seven Ooh. minutes to play, and it held up. And in this game. <laughs> Mitch wow. Jeter hits a 35-yarder with 10 minutes to play, and it holds up. I am glad that they didn't have to sweat a B.T. Potter field goal, though, <laughs> well, uh, like, like the Jad Dean field goal. Well, when, when that last uh, punt, you know, went midfield, and I thought, ooh, that's yeah. returnable. Ooh, that's one, not good. one pass. It's one pass. Yeah, yeah and I thought with one pass, and I'm going to have to sit here as a Rock Hill guy and proudly – Mm-hmm. Proudly fierce Northwestern High School graduate, and I don't want to hear a word about state championships. Just shut up. <laughs> I was going to have to watch a South Point kid 
go kick the game winning field goal and be like, ah. (laughs) Knowing knowing BT, knowing his family, but also knowing I wouldn't get to cover him in college because he went to Clemson. I was like, I'm going to have to send his dad a congratulatory text, and I'm just going to feel Lots of thoughts. I mean, uh, he broke left, and uh, Nate Atkins, again, you know, got one hand on his jersey. The other came around, popped the ball loose. And I was like, not the same execution, but the same exact scenario from Adam Humphreys in 2013. Wow, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it was, remember who got it? Kwan Lewis forced it, and Quentin Smith from Dillon recovered it. I remember Quentin Smith. I, I didn't remember K. I, I knew K. Wan a little bit. I covered K. him Wan recruiting. Forced, I mean, really, if you look at K. Wan, got a hand on, but Humphreys just dropped the ball. Yeah, that was We're very game. rare that Humphreys drops it too. So that yeah, was, that was did crazy. it twice that game, and both times USC recovered. Wow. Well, Notre Dame and the Gator Bowl. Um, I know, like I said, you've been a part of the program in a while. You, you know the history of the Gator Bowl. Uh, Carolina didn't have much history with Notre Dame, but. There's a crossover. Lou Holtz, of course, Tony Rice, a champion, the last quarterback to win a national title. There was from Woodruff, which is about five miles where, from where I grew up in Spartanburg mm-hmm. County. Um, so there are there are, are some kind of connections there, but uh, it did, did look like with all the bull stuff, and, and in the eleventh hour, it was shaky that, that Ray Tanner, Chance Miller, the admin, uh, you know, they got it done because yeah. because behind the scenes. You know, there was some talk that the, the Relia quit. They wanted to go to Tampa again. Uh, but Jacksonville's where people wanted to go, and Notre Dame was the opponent. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? I think it's a it's a way to really – it's an opportunity for the Gamecocks to finish off uh, a real uh, one of the strongest finishes uh, in school history. Sure. Well, JC, you know, you've been in the business long enough to know that really out about, at about mid-October – in the press box of four games, you get all kinds of bowl reps. They're always handing out sheets and facts and saying, you know, hey, we're interested. Can you write it up? All that kind of stuff. So I wasn't surprised when the Gator Bowl was there at every home game, really from midseason on. And then for the final home game against Tennessee, not only were they in the press box handing stuff out, they were in the parking lots before the game going around to fans and saying, man, we're Gator Bowl. We sure would like to have you guys. And, you know, once that stuff starts getting out, it does take a little bit of root in the minds of the powers that be. So fast forward to right after Clemson, I'm right outside the locker room. The game's over. I'm talking with some USC administrators and I'm like, so it's uh, looking like the Gator. And they said, actually now it's the Citrus because yeah. there's going to be four 10 and two or better teams. And USC's the best of the eight and fours. I'm like, oh, okay, Citrus, that, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. That lasted five hours. And then LSU lost AM. And I thought, uh, <laughs> Unreal, yeah. AM beat them like a drum. You know, I, I don't mind going to Tampa. It's just I've been there a lot. And I think a lot of fans felt that way. A lot of USC administrators thought that way. It's just, uh, come on, you know, Tampa for the sixth time in 21 years. Let's just let's do something else. They wanted the Gator. The Gator wanted them. And, yes, Ray Tanner was instrumental and uh, going in there and saying, listen, we really want the Gator. And while the SEC has the final call and they don't have to listen to anybody who comes up with the, with the request, they want to try to make as everybody as happy as possible. And that's what they did. I mean, normally when you go into that argument, make everyone as happy as possible, South Carolina gets the short end because they just don't have the credibility of being in the league as long as the others. That's just the way it is. But here they're like, you know, that's, that's a good matchup, but I think it was you who pointed out, J.C., as well, a couple days ago, most of it depended on Notre Dame's preference. If they'd mm-hmm. wanted to go somewhere else, then it was like, you know, sorry, it's not a great matchup. 
And no matter how you look at it, the ReliQuest is a bit more prestigious because it's mm-hmm. played on January 2nd. That's the way the SEC views it. I was already looking at, you know, hotels in Tampa and being like, well, okay, this is where I usually stay. <laughs> out, out to the around the airport to the stadium. Here's where they practice. You know, you've got it mapped out. But then I guess it was early that morning. I got a call that's saying like, uh, Hey, I, I think it's going to be the Gator. There's a lot of push for it. I'm like, push from who? <laughs> Cause there's only one that's going to make a difference. Right. But it ended up being the Gator. It's great. Uh, obviously they were there three times in the eighties. Uh, you know, obviously the, the results weren't great, but it's the first time since 87. It's a close drive. It's four hours from Columbia. So for folks in the low country, it's a lot closer um, uh, where to where you could make it there and back in the same day if you wanted. It's a big spread out city uh, in the matchup. You know, I realize that this is not 1988 Notre Dame. I realize it's not 2013 Notre Dame, but it's still Notre Dame. There's always something about playing those gold helmets. So, uh, you know, it's always going to be good, but an interesting bit of history. Uh, JC, I'm sure you remember, 84 Gator Bowl, played Oklahoma State after they beat Notre Dame in the regular season. Uh, the, the the big players that game for Oklahoma State were a running back, a guy named Thurman Thomas. Yep. And a tight end, Barry Hanna. I remember Barry Hanna. It killed and, him. Yeah, he, he caught the game winning touchdown pass, lost 21-14. And Notre Dame loves to run the football, and they got a really good tight end. And I thought, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, history. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, I think, was the coach of Oklahoma State that year. That's right. Uh, he, a lot of people don't remember he coached there. So, yeah, he actually, I think he's a. No, he's an Arkansas grad, but he, he yeah. went uh, those Oklahoma State and Arkansas kind of go back and forth with some things. Well, Dave, man, we really appreciate it. Uh, if we don't get you on before Christmas, Merry Christmas, man, and Happy New Year. Uh, Going to have you on a lot more to talk talk basketball, women's basketball, uh, all this stuff uh, in this big Gamecock world we live in. But it's always a pleasure. Yeah, man, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all you and yours, and I uh, hope to see you in Jacksonville. We'll grab a beer or two. All right, Dave. You got it, bud. See you. Take care, guys. David Cloninger from the Charleston Post Courier. And, Phil, we're going to get a break in and come right back. The Nana Sports chat box is overfloweth with hot takery. <laughs> golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Gamecock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. In 
Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. The show is brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John a call at 864, I'm sorry, 803-446-4662. You can call Cindy Searfoss up here in the upstate at 864-414-5271 for all of your upstate residential real estate needs. And yeah, JC, I, I didn't realize how uh, how idiotic and hot takey we really are. Apparently, mm, on the show. yeah, is always there to you know remind bit, you. Of he had a he had a, a, a tiny what the perceived reality is. Yeah, that, that guy got got after you pretty much, man. I was like, you know, come on, man. Well, he's uh, upset because this year all he does is sit on people's mantles and get put in compromising positions for other people's children to look at every day. Elf. Elf, 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 hello. Yeah, oh, I mean, God, I might, you, you think somebody'd slap his mom or something. I was like, jeez, dude. This is just an idiot. I feel sorry for people that listen to your podcast. I bet you just like that, too. A lot, of, a lot of younger dudes talk kind of feminine these days anyway. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know him. Uh, I wasn't going to go after him because that would have been like Mike Tyson in the 80s fighting, you know, a, an old grandmother or something uh, <laughs> mentally. Uh, and uh, so I was like, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to be like, calm down, bro. You know, <laughs> what the what, what what's, what's your problem? But you held your old film. Well, welcome to the media business. man. I love it. It was fun. I mean, that's that's what makes it, you know, exciting. I like yeah. the oh, you get the weird. I don't know. The quote tweet is is, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of. Yeah, yeah, shady, it's, I guess. Yeah, I don't it, know it, I do. It's I like if I've got something to say to you, I'm going to reply directly to you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I started thinking about it. I, I have a bad habit of quote tweeting because I'm thinking about my followers following the the conversation, and I didn't think about kind of what like a punk move that was. So I'm going to quit quote tweeting now. Or you uh, could do I, both. It was I like did, you know, offer what it is you're thinking. That way, their followers can see what's going on, and then you can have your own. It was just like, but only doing one to me just rubbed me the wrong way. I felt it a bit yeah. self-aggrandizing. I got you. For those that don't know, at Phil Mullinax on Twitter, he got a little Twitter war last night. Like, seems like somebody, a Phil made Phil, Phil didn't make an error. It wasn't really a mistake. It was just like he kind of was looking at Jaheim Bell's. Uh, shirt and, and some of the, the markings that, that were Carolina-esque and noticed they were blurred or not there. And then he was like, you know, he said, oh, he, t- he told us without telling us. And this guy goes off. They're not allowed to have the markings on their brandy. Which, by the way, at South Carolina, if you get permission, I, I don't think you can do it on clothing, but I think with other NIL stuff, you can yeah. use the Gamecock. So, uh, yeah, I was told that by the NIL people. So he's not even completely right about it. Yeah, and there were other, you know, there are other examples of, you know, merchandise out there that mm-hmm. have, you know, stylistic renderings, let's say, of, you know, like the Block C and things like that, that are for sale for current players. So yeah, exactly. that was my thing. And you only get, you know, 200 or whatever characters on Twitter to actually explain yourself. So it's like, geez, you know, I'm like not trying to write a dissertation here, buddy. I'm just trying to, you know, hey, look at this. Maybe we, you know, could yeah. have seen it coming. No, I mean, but, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, I, I, people like that. They, they, they don't really they live life on, on Twitter. So anyway, yeah. that's gotcha. That's the thing there. So Phil got in a Twitter spot last night. Uh, it's the two year anniversary of 
Shane Beamer being hired at South Carolina. Um, Joey Hunter, backup uh, defensive back, never really got going at Carolina. Had some potential. I remember the Gamecocks, I think, beat A&M on him. Uh, people were saying he's one of the best D-backs in Georgia, just stayed hurt. Uh, so he had the transfer portal yesterday. Uh, so that's news. Uh, offensive coordinator, NIL, all kinds of topics to tick around. Of course, we have Jamie Bradford uh, here in the second hour uh, to chop it up with all of us uh, and, and all that right here on Inside the Gamecocks to show. And uh, I've got some – I got to say a little few things about Notre Dame here later and things like that, but – Nana Sports Chat Box. Ready? Let's go. Let's do it. We need like an intro, like it's time for the Nana, award-winning Nana Sports and Chat now. Box. Yeah. And <laughs> now. All right. Craig's first man in today. What's up, peeps? Joey says, what's up? Jerry says, what's up? Aaron says, let's go, JC and Phil. Should be an interesting talk about NIL today. Yep. Uh, Clint's guy says, got to go to a meeting. See you in an hour. Jafaler, meeting. What's that, Clint? <laughs> John goes. <laughs> John, good morning, clowns. Clowns. <laughs> What's the right. over under oh, minutes into the pop before we hear the word beef sandwich uttered? Mm. Beef sandwich. Uh, and we need to get JC a studio prop of the Book of One Million Plays. <laughs> Come, Mr. Bigglesworth, the Book Come, of One Mr. Million Plays. We must build a shrine in, in the middle of a cornfield in Lincoln, Nebraska. We're traveling out west. <laughs> traveling west. Uh, Aaron says to Dan Mullen for OC, right? Now, Dan shot that down. Now, listen, I can, I can tell you this. The talk about Dan Mullen being in the building is legit. Confirmed that 100% last night. He was in the building. Um, I'll say two things about that. Number one, Dan's in the media, okay? And Shane was about to go do those hours on SEC Network or whatever. Uh, and if Dan happened to be flying out of Charlotte, which the SEC Network's located there, uh, on his way to Bristol, it, it, if you go from Lake Oconee down I-20, you go right through Columbia anyway. Uh, maybe Dan just wanted to see the facility. I don't know. When, sometimes when coaches are out of work, they visit with a lot of coaches. Uh, but I was told that was not necessarily a, a like a, an OC-type interview, but it was uh, a situation where maybe Shane Beamer could pick his brain, and that's why he said he thinks they'll get a great OC. Um, so that was probably the deal there. Uh, with all that, it caused all the the Dan Mullen smoke, you know. Um, have not confirmed. You know, I'd be surprised if 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 he were even offered the job. Maybe they maybe they chat. I don't know, but he shot it down. He says it's not going to be me. Um, I do think Beamer will hire a good one. Um, I think there's some names out there that you guys may have dismissed already. Uh, that that maybe you know hold the phone, hold the phone. <laughs> By the way. If you guys hear a beating noise in the background today, uh, it's not me and my mic issues. It's my neighbor just so have a walk outside on the porch this morning to have my coffee. And I look, and yes, I have my coffee in 30 degree weather. Sometimes I like the fresh air. Uh, I look over and my dog's going crazy or something. I start hearing this noise, like somebody, something's eat like a monster, like the, you know, the monster that eats rocks from the never ending story. Yeah. The, yeah, the sitting yeah. there, it's the saddest as hell thing ever because he's just sitting there at the end. He's like, I'm just gonna let the nothing get me. Mm. I don't think I can go on anymore. Like, like a big sad Rocky Eeyore or something, Snuffleupagus, if you will. Um, so I started hearing something like when that dude was eating rocks, and I looked over, and, and my neighbors are redoing their roof. <laughs> 
Well, none of it's coming through, at least on my end. So Thank yeah, God. Yeah, we are like, all good there. It's like 15 people. It's like Fiddler on the Roof legitimately over there. They're like, except they're not fiddling. If they start clogging or something, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be like, wow, this is this is a dinner and a show, right? Macadino podcast is in the house. What's up? Xavier says morning from Brewster, Washington, part of the Pacific Northwest Posse here on the show. Rick says good morning, all. I'll be playing Mayor McCheese and welcoming y'all to Jacksonville. Yeah, Rick, Rick lives yeah. in Jacksonville. Um, so we are all. I'm looking forward to going. I, I, I kind of made my my final arrangements last night. I got to I got to change my flight. Hopefully that's an easy process. But I got my hotel room and everything else. SE Scout guy says everyone hit like to help their analytics. Yes, thank you, uh, Joey. Hope Jaheim finds the money or whatever he's looking for. Yeah, yeah. Bad time and taste by him to sell his Gamecock merch hours before he dipped on the fans that have been supporting him. Fair yeah. point. Just questionable. Yeah, I mean, you know, it really is. SC Scott says two weeks ago, JC said he wouldn't be surprised to see him tra transfer to Florida. Yeah. I think that's possible. And uh, maybe Florida State. Maybe Florida State. Uh, Carolina Titan goes, I think Beamer may try to get Des Kitchings back for OC. Guys are perfect fit for our culture. And one of us at South Carolina, I love Des Kitchings. I, I can't say enough good about him. And I don't know whether it's because he coached for Dave Dorn and then Tony Elliott, who's an OC, but man, I don't think Beamer can do it because mm -hmm. they had such a bad year up there on offense. Brandon and he inherited Brandon Armstrong and Armstrong's on the portal because of it. I mean, that, I, so I, I love this. I, I, I hated to see him go to the Falcons. Uh, wished him the best when he left. Uh, I think he's a tremendous recruiter and evaluator. Um, but his track, I, I think, I think Beamer unfortunately has to go with somebody with a proven track record and, and he's been one and done at two ACC schools. Um, but something like assistant head coach or something, I'm fine with that. Um, but not, I don't know about OC. Uh, Zach says, hope Jaheim goes to FSU and balls on Clemson. Yeah, it'd be something, right? <laughs> SC Scout says, does Nate Atkins have any eligibility, eligibility left through the COVID year? Now, he went to middle school with our friend Kevin, who's 195 years old. Yes. Like Green Mile style. <laughs> no, uh, Nate's out of eligibility. And that's a shame because – yeah, I mean, Nate played pretty well all year, but when he the last two games, he was like an important part of the offense. I, I think what they're going to try to do is find the next Nate Atkins, yeah. right? And and he made the Xavier Short's a guy that could be like that. Uh, the the true the true freshman that redshirted from Chapin, um, other options too. You know, I thought thought they may use Rashad Amos kind of in that that H back type role, but they didn't. Um, Chuck says. How long before we have NIL buyouts where one school heavily invests in an impact player and recovers the lost investment from the destination school? There's a thought to slow down the transfer portal. Yeah, but see, because a lot of NIL deals are done with independent parties like collectives, like, like okay, say Carolina Rise had spent a significant amount of money with an, for an NIL deal with a kid, and then he leaves at the end of the year, we don't get that money back. Uh, that's why in some of my NIL deals, I, I made a note today. I've got to, I got to catch up with some of the, the players because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to try. I need to get a little, a few more commercials and some things like that out of them. I was like, ah, I better 
start doing this, but uh, obviously you get busy doing a show and all that. Uh, KFC says, hey, buy my buy merchandise. I'm in the portal, LOL. And that's done. Um, South Florence, FTW. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dylan, go Wildcats. Uh, Bradford, Brad Crawford said this morning he's still hearing Harold, Riley, and Longo. Yeah. At least two of those three, uh, and, and not Graham Harrell, <laughs> uh, yeah. I heard yesterday. So we'll see. Um, but if you got any of the, either of those three, I think it'd be great. Um, Jan says, I thought Longo was close to a deal with Auburn. Nah, I checked with Auburn yesterday. And then they thought he was going to A&M, and then North Carolina thought both. And it's just kind of a mess. Uh, be careful on the message boards, uh, all of you, when you when you don't read it from an insider, just be careful. Craiger says he's ready for a Lenore Sellers welcome home. Uh, yeah, I, I still think it's possible they could do it. I think the sooner they get this uh, OC wrapped up and, and let him meet him, the better. Craiger was at the Gator Bowl in 84. Scout guy was there in 87. Both disappointing losses. That 87 loss when I was a kid uh, devastated me because it was like, okay, so I was watching it at home, and I don't know why my mom and dad did this. How old was I? 10? I was supposed to go over for a sleepover at my buddy's house, right? And his mom comes and picks us up. And so I leave, and it's 14 to 3. Carolina's down. Uh and, and, you know, his mom didn't realize I really wanted to watch the game. She was a Gamecock fan, too. My buddy at the time was a Clemson guy. Uh, we didn't stay friends until till ninth grade, and we weren't friends anymore. But he mm-hmm. went to a different high school, right? Uh, so he, her, his mom comes and gets me, and then we, I remember walking in the house, and it's 20 to 6. I was mm-hmm. devastated. Um, Gamecocks eventually cut it to 27-13 on a Harold Green run. Uh, and I think got the, maybe got the ball back and then tied through another interception. And LSU kicked it. And, you know, Keith was talking on Monday that he, he thought that year LSU was the, the best team in the SEC, and they may have been. May have been. Chuck says, join Carolina Rise 18-1 club yesterday. Yeah, Chuck, thank you. And to all the hundreds out there that uh, have joined, uh, it's really been special. And it's a tribute to you guys spreading the word. You know, I like to spread the word. I, you know, I'm always like Carolina Rise. You guys are the most powerful advocates uh, for us really getting something special with NIL. Uh, and I've got uh, the 1801 Club Magnets uh, ran out yesterday and ordered 100. And then about midday, I realized I had to, I needed to get 100 more. So mm-hmm. those are the, uh, those car magnets will be here next week. I'll mail them all out probably b- before the bowl, uh, probably before Christmas too. So look for those in the mail. And if you go to the Gator Bowl, wear them because that helps too. People are, what, what is Carolina Rise? Well, you know. Um, JC, all right, 76. Uh, good, I'm glad you asked this. Uh, by the way, 76, uh, can you send Phil your mailing address? Because I've got something for you since you're a Bears fan that I got two of, and, and I need to – I don't know what to do with the other one. I have no use for it. So send, send inside the game guys at gmail.com, me and Phil, your mailing address. Uh, final analysis on Robert Henry. Uh the thread was locked. Uh, Hale said we moved on. Yeah, they, they, I don't know how serious they were with him. He commits to Jacksonville State. And then I guess there were those quotes that Hardesty told him, no, you're too good for that. But Gamecocks aren't taking him. 
So uh, I don't know whether that was miscommunication on Hardesty's part, uh, whether they made the decision like, hey, you know, because I, I know I know Frank Beamer kind of had a philosophy uh, at Virginia Tech. I don't know about Shane, but I know Frank did. Uh, he said, if they're going to pick Wake Forest or Duke over you, you don't want them. <laughs> and so maybe that kid, because it's confidence, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, the quarterback with the uh, unattractive girlfriend, uh, you know, or boyfriend since we're living in 2022 now, uh, you know, the guy doesn't have any confidence, right? You know, that's, that's kind of the way, the way you were rocking. Uh, so I don't know if it was that kind of situation or whether it was just like, they never were going to take him. He was a backup plan or whatever, but he's going to Jacksonville state or other. Joey says he'll be joining Carolina rise today. Thank you, Joey. Spread yeah. the word of your Gamecocks, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I'll lay it out like this. I don't want to talk. I don't want to sit here and promote this the collective all day because we got like ball to talk about. But uh, all right. So there are three guys. All they could afford to give membership wise was five bucks a month. Right. And you probably say, ah, it's not going to do anything. Well, and I probably mentioned this before, but it's worth reiterating. Uh, I cut a deal with a player uh, on the roster, perfectly legal. During the season, because he's a like a preferred walk-on, and he needed book money, right? Because they don't cover books for walk-ons, right? And we know how expensive that crap is. I always hated buying books. I was like, oh. I was like the dude in the bookstore at USC Upstate used to be a USC Spartanburg. Uh, I think his name was Jerry. I don't remember him completely. That dude should have put on a ski mask whenever he <laughs> he rang us up with with books. Uh, you know, and I that was, was that, of, that was one of the first re- harsh realities of my uh, university experience. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got a scholarship, but I don't have to worry about it. Well, that'd be five hundred seventy dollars for books. I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's boring. What? what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in there, and then I get in the class, and I figure out midway through, I don't need the damn book, and so I go sell it back and get beer money for it. Like today, that would not be very much beer, but back then, fifty bucks, I could probably party all weekend on it. Right. I miss those days. But anyway, uh, and so I was like, okay, so three of you gave $5 a month, you know, that's 60, 60, that's 180. I'll throw in 20 out of my pocket. That's your book deal. Okay. For one guy. So it all matters. It all adds up. And so I don't want anybody that gives maybe a lesser amount or a bigger amount. I don't want anybody to feel like they're not important because they're all important in this. We're all, I don't want to say we're all in this together because I heard that during the pandemic so many times. I want to throw oh, up. I'm like, right. no, we're not. We're all locked in our houses, idiot. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, won't let us be all in this together. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, I did. Um, uh, you know, I do think it's a, coll- uh, it's a, it's a group effort, right? It, it's all of us. You know, uh, I put my own money into it too. I put in 500 bucks a month, in addition to fronting some of the cost and, and all that. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Taylor says, JC and Phil, what's your opinion on how ready Spencer is for the draft at this point? Just curious as y'all's view. Phil? Uh, you know, he could uh, – he, he has the obvious path of – and I'm sure they're pursuing this at, at uh, SR7 Inc. to put the feelers out and see what his prospects are uh, from the draft. I think, you know, yet another year of development – could boost his stock in the NFL. I think that he could go now as, you know, a developmental option. Uh, but if he were to put together another year that were more resemblant of the last two games this year, then we could be talking about number one overall pick Spencer Rattler next year. 
I I agree. I think he's got a a very high ceiling if he comes back next year and and, and all that good stuff. Uh, Angry Gamecock is in the house. Happy Wednesday, gentlemen. Longtime watcher, first time commenter. Uh, you Welcome to the award-winning Nana Sports Chat Box. <laughs> award-winning Nana Sports Chat Box. Happy Wednesday. Uh, happy Wednesday to you. I like the script, Carolina, there. Yeah. That's one good thing. You know, people get old Muschamp all the time. He did bring that back. So I don't know if it was him or whoever. Uh, Chuck says, pump it, retired, and fixed income. But 1801 plus a little tax is affordable and a great way to contribute. I wish all Gamecock fans would participate. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I like that helmet too, Chuck, in your avatar there. Uh, it's the garnet with the black block C. Uh, Will says everything seems quiet on the OC front. Not sure if that's good or bad. It. I got a little nervous, Will, because I, I just was not hearing anything Monday or Sunday. I got a little bit of info yesterday that kind of, I don't know, that calmed me down. I was just like, ah, oh, you know. Um, so I, I think. I, I think that, as I've said from the start, Shane Beaver is not on my timeline or your timeline or anybody's timeline. Uh, and, and I think sometimes when things last a little longer than we would hope, uh, of course, we all want things yesterday these days. Uh, I think that sometimes we get the feeling, well, he's he's striking out on all these guys and scrambling and there's this mass panic. And like he's sitting there like uh, the Swedish chef. With all mm-hmm. offensive coordinator resumes going, I'm thirsty to do it. I don't know the Gary Bailey and the Lord of the Dairy Graham Harrell. And I'm going to do it today. And that's not, that's really not how it all works. Um, and I know better. You know, <laughs> I know better. We all know better. But, you know, that's just one of those things uh, there. Todd gave a one time donation. Todd, you're the man. Yeah, man. Uh, Stingray says, How do teams build depth with all this transfer BS? Uh, I, I think South Carolina, well, there's two different things, by the way, Jeff Brom is leaving Purdue for his alma mater Louisville. It's a hell of a hire. And, and one, they probably, that they tried to make last time. He didn't want to leave Purdue. I I said the other day, I think he's probably accomplished as much as he can with the boilers. Uh, that's a little side. I think that, um, I don't know. I think it's going to hurt some teams depth wise. I mean, I was on the radio in Tuscaloosa today, and and they literally the hosts were literally speculating Saban's going to hang it up because of all this. They lost five offensive linemen, and see that that's what you got to look out for, man. You start losing offensive linemen that start and play a lot, uh, or that are young and promising, and they haven't been developed. I mean, that's hard because it's hard to get O linemen out of the portal. I mean, O line is a tough. You know, I, I, I'm kind of under the impression Alabama recruits as well as anybody in the country, but I'm kind of under the impression maybe in a couple of years we'll see Bama's O-line stink because no. you don't have to be bad uh, on the O-line to struggle in the SEC. You can be uh, you can be good or, or mediocre, and the D-lines are just too good in that league. So Alabama's going to – you know, but if you're South Carolina, I think you just keep chirping away. I think you keep taking in-state kids. Uh, like your DQ Smith, Darius. I mean, think about the daggum defensive backfield. Uh, I'll, I'll give you five significant players. Cam Smith, elite recruit out of the state, obviously. Darius Rush, almost a two-star. <laughs> Took him four years, but he's good. Probably going to get drafted if he goes. Nick Emanwari and DQ Smith were three-star guys they had in camp from Columbia. And then Marcellus Dial, 
was a kid at Woodruff that was a really good player that didn't have grades, had to go to Georgia military and come back. All in-state kids. So I think if you're South Carolina, that's what you do. I think you continue to have a great walk-on program like they do um, and just try to try to avoid it. But, um, you know, I, I don't think Carolina's depth has been hurt anywhere but at tight end. Uh, and I think they're going to be fine when all is said and done with that. Um, uh, Macadino says the more players that enter the portal, the more Shane can sign. It's not a cap. Yeah, there's no cap on that this year. Joey says, tell your neighbor to hang up a Gamecock sign. They all think it's funny because they can say Cax. Cax. Yeah. Cax. <laughs> we're in the, we're in the, in our, ta- in the tavern the other night and, and I literally took orders for Cox shirts. Where do we get them? Cax. I think think it's funny. Cax. Um, Kyle says, would you say Buster Faulkner is still in the mix? I would know if Buster Faulkner was in the mix. And last I checked, he wasn't. Uh, Buster Faulkner was a guy I mentioned at the beginning because he he's highly interested in the gig. Now, that's not to say that if the Swedish chef thing's true, don't you wish on Buster Faulkner, you know, let's go to this, you know. Uh, I don't think Shane's doing that. But, uh, you know, that, that, that was why I mentioned him. And a lot of times these hot boards are not necessarily – who the school's looking at, but who's interested. And you kind of combine all that information because you just never know. Um, Tony says to all the transfer players, good luck. Thanks for what you've done for the program. Yeah, you just wish them the best. Yeah, exactly. Wish them well. Yeah. Hope they um, do well. Find what they're looking know. for. Uh, and, and all that that type of stuff. All right. Second break. Second break. Uh, mm-hmm. First hour. Uh, Jamie Bradford's going to be in at 12.15. So, that's cool. So, Phil, what we'll do, we'll take this break, take top of the hour, and then we'll get in that uh, that first break for the second hour. We'll do the uh, right 12.20 before, and 12.15. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right before he gets on, and then we'll have a nice long chat with Jamie Bradford inside the Gamecocks. The show will be back after these messages. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team proud sponsors of inside the gamecocks family vacations a new car a new boat all cost money but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now i help consulting can help you finally get the kids to disney world upgrade the minivan or drop that new boat in the water next summer let daniel and i help consulting consult with you no fees just savings you pay them a percentage of those savings save on essential services credit card fees you name it let them find it these folks are incredible ihelpconsulting.com how can i help i used to be president of the united states and i love 
the show with Phil and JC. Welcome back to Inside the Game Caps, the show, everybody. The show is brought to you by Espresso and Rooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, about your sunroom addition to your home. And, of course, the first hour, as we are still in it, is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Realty Team here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271, to talk about your upstate residential real estate needs. Thank you, Phil. Yes, sir. Continuing with the award-winning Nana Sports chat box. Uh, top of the hour, I got, I got a few things to say about Notre Dame, the Gator Bowl, my life, all that good stuff. Um, J-Rock says, do you think if college football becomes its own entity, uh, which I heard about some weeks ago, that would help the sport all around, especially with NIL and the portal? It would. I mean, what are you going to do with basketball? Would be a question there because, you know, like, like right now, nobody gives a flip if the Power Five conferences break off. Nobody. No. I mean, it, it, they just play each other. It's like a mini NFL. For 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 basketball though, where the NIL money is larger and and the prices of or the demands for NIL are much bigger. Um, you know, college basketball. What what makes it? It's really a crappy sport, Phil. Um, you know, and, and I'll still watch it because I, I love basketball. But uh, if, if you take March Madness out of college basketball, or if March Madness is like the 64 best, 68 best power five teams, I mean, it's still probably an exciting tournament, but you don't get the, the Cinderella's. You no. don't get uh, Sister Mary Catherine, whatever the heck her name was, uh, from Loyola. You, you oh, Sister you, Jean, yeah. Sister, Sister Jean, Jean, my yeah, bad. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, the mid-majors, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you would you would lose that. You would lose that. But I think yeah. there can be two different bodies. You, you know, you could form a college football coalition, if you will, uh, and then the NCAA could still remain intact to, you know, be the arbiter of college basketball. That just, you know, I don't think they're going to be willing to do that without a fight. But, I, yeah. you know, the stronger the conferences grow, uh, the less power and influence they're going to have. And oftentimes, you know, when it comes to old stodgy organizations, then the one thing you need to do is just change around them and then force their hand. Exactly. I'm with you there. Uh, that's a great point, Phil. Uh, you got to force their hand. <laughs> That's the NCA in a nutshell. Uh, Stingray says we have pretty good skill players. What sets top programs aside from mid tier is their depth. That's true. That's why I like Steve Spurrier and those guys. Like everybody thinks of those teams as like deep and talented. They weren't. I mean, go look at some of, three star kids, right? Like, from look, around look, the look state. At, <laughs> they really yeah, look at some. I mean, and some of those two or three star kids hit. Big time. But then some, like, it would have been very scary for the Gamecocks to go play a top five Georgia team that night. Uh, had a bunch of them had to start. And, and that was a big problem with the Muschamp era, folks. Um, he, he His teams are never healthy. I mean, they no, had a always injury riddled. A yes. slew mm -hmm. of injuries all the time. So, uh, and, and Spurrier figured it out. He was like, well, our, our top 33 can compete with anybody in the league. But, you know, you can't have a bunch of guys hurt because uh, you don't have the depth. Uh, so you're absolutely right. That's why, you know, like Georgia this year, you know, they can 
They had some injuries, had some opt-outs, had some guys go to the portal. Didn't matter because they had depth. That's what's made Alabama great all these years is the depth. Um, you know, Clemson actually has been fortunate to not have injuries because even Clemson with their championship teams did not have a load of depth. Like they would have, if they'd had a few key injuries, they would have been a lesser team. So um, you're right. Now, how does, how do you develop it? I, I think they're already kind of ahead of schedule with that. Uh, and as, as far as the portal goes, obviously losing Bell and Stodner at tight ends, as I guess you count Bell as a tight end. I don't, know, I don't think he's a tight end, but he counts as that. That's a position that you got to have help with. Um, and I think if you want an example on the other side of why depth's important, look at linebacker this year. I mean, you you come into the season with, you know, Mo Cabba's your, your stud, uh, and then you got Brian, Brad Johnson, Sherrod Green, Debo Williams, kind of your other guys. Well, then at the, by the end, when Brad was hurt, it was it was uh, Debo and um, Mo and Debo uh, – I'm sorry, Debo, Sherrod, uh, and Stone Blanton. Uh, our our awesome uh, ad rep here for Heritage Digital. Uh, and so that's the truth is you don't want to be depending on freshmen uh, to go out there and play. I mean, some of them will be just good enough to go play like Nick Emanuari and D.Q. Smith, but that's it. Xavier mentioned Spavadol is hired by Cal, so he's out of the picture. I never thought he was in. Uh, I don't know. Some guy on Facebook mentioned him uh, and then I misspelled his name and had a wrong resume up there. So I was like, and I think that same Facebook page put up the GA Mangus and Charlie Strong will be Shane's first coordinators. And I know both those guys, and they never even talked to Shane. Or at least GA didn't. I, I didn't ask Charlie Strong directly if he talked to him. But yeah, you develop them. James says, How about Brian Johnson from the Eagles? You know, I started thinking about that after the Mullen comments, and I've kind of shot that down because I think, uh, you know, the root, the talk is he's going to be a head coach in the NFL soon. But uh, do you want to, um, you want to uh, rely on being a quarterback's coach and magically getting one of those 32 jobs, or you want to come someplace and light it up in college and you do get a college job for a while. And yeah, it, uh, that's the kind of the thing there. Um, Rick says I was 17 in the 87 Gator bowl, walked to the car, two LSU fans were beating the crap out of somebody. <laughs> yeah. My, I, I've always told the story of my Georgia friend getting hit in the face with a ham sandwich. And it, I'm not talking about just in a little, like a Ziploc bag. I'm talking like submarine style, full toppings, lettuce, sub sauce, mayonnaise, mustard, dripping down the side. Um, you know, Brahma's a huge hire for Louisville. Yeah, I wonder what realistic Joel thinks about that. Um, uh, Kevin says, I heard that Xavier, or I'm sorry, I heard that Garrett Riley's more realistic than people think. Any truth to that? I think so. Uh, you know, you always when it's all with South Carolina, and and I think too that you know because people and, and look, I'm I'm guilty of the same thing. For years, um, you know, after yeah, you know, like, so South Carolina fans like Gary Patterson a whole lot, the former TCU coach, and the reason is is Eric Hyman, the former AD, hired him at TCU. And that's probably had Spurrier weirdly hung it up and said, ah, it's not for me before those big years. I think Hyman would have made a strong pitch to Gary Patterson, I would hope. Now, maybe not, you know, because money was tight then, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And, and then when Muschamp was hired, you know, some people were, what about Gary Patterson? Well, so people started checking into his contract and, and check this out. It was like $7 million a year, like seven years ago. Plus he had access to a private jet anytime he wanted to use it. Because TCU's loaded with money. They're flat. They just went across Texas town and, and Texas money and, and took SMU's head coach, Sonny Dykes. They took and, and they're supposed to be rivals. Like, all right, we're gonna go get Sonny Dykes. All right. Man, you seem pretty good. <laughs> give me a honey, go get in the safe. Bring me two million cash. Thank you, That's Lord. Right. Thank you, love. <laughs> Let me get Darling. my truck and put on my cowboy hat. You know, <laughs> go frogs. Um, I thought about that with Riley. I was like, maybe the radio silence in, is indicative more of him being in the mix than we really think, because of yeah. course they're competing for a national championship. Yeah, and, and it, it's my deal where I, you know, shut, sh- you know, I'd probably shoot it down, right? And, you know, oh, he's going to be a head coach. Oh, he may go work for Jimbo or whatever. But but if you think about this. Okay, so Riley works for Sonny Dykes, and, and the narrative, even though Garrett's calling it, is it's Sonny Dykes' offense. All right? There is no Shane Beamer offense. Uh, actually, the last two weeks is probably as close as you're going to get. <laughs> um, That's what the Beamer offense looks like. Which, is, which, is, which, which by the way, is awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, damn offense. Yeah. The helmet <laughs> offense there. But uh, so, 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 you know, there's some head coaching jobs out there that, Sort of was he, he wasn't going to get Tulsa. He didn't get Tulsa. They hired Kevin Wilson from Oklahoma. I can't think. I'll give that one two years. Um, <laughs> and Kevin and Kevin Wilson's an excellent coach. I just think maybe for a school like Tulsa, I think you, you need to get that. It, it reminds me of the Tommy Tuberville Cincinnati hire. Not bad. They won, but you know, uh, so he didn't get Tulsa. I don't think. I don't think North Texas is where he's. I mean, you know, so the head coaching jobs I think are a little bit you know, out of the, out of the reach. So, so the pitch would be, and, and my understanding is, uh, and JB is going to get into this a little later, that, that Bieber's got way, way, way more inter- interest and uh, a lot more flexibility financially uh, than maybe hiring a guy during a pandemic um, and this time around. So, uh, you know, TCU will be able to match whatever Carolina pays money-wise and maybe do better. But if you're charting a career path, I, I don't know. Keep in mind, too, Garrett Riley was at App State for a year under Eli Drinkwood, so he's familiar with this part of the country. His brother was in East Carolina. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I just uh, I think we all immediately dismissed it. Oh, he's in the playoff. He's too good, all that, without really thinking about what the job entailed. Now, here's the fly in the ointment. Where did Spencer Rattler play and who did he play for before he transferred to South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln. So, I don't know. You, you think it'd be a little awkward? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I, I, I've never heard Spencer Rattler say a lot of bad things about Lincoln Riley or anything, but uh, maybe it'd be a little awkward in that situation. They need him to come back. Um, Stogner and Bell, are, in my opinion, are leaving because of the Sats misuse uh, of personnel, but maybe not. Did the head coach have their back? Um. Uh, last two games, I don't know because I, I don't know. I don't know about those two specifically. Um, I, I think with Bell, the groundwork was laid because of the misuse, but then NIL put him over the top. I think Steiner just wanted to go back closer to home. 
So, uh, and, and, and was probably not happy with uh, using the ball. Uh, Nick says, have listened to the podcast since the start with Keith on the other one. Had no idea it was live on YouTube and waiting all day on the next for it to drop. Yeah, and sometimes our system uh, at 24-7, it gets gummed up. So in other words, what I do, I upload it, then I hit a button. Then I usually get up and get a sandwich, go do something else. And sometimes JC forgets to go back to his computer and check. And so that's the deal there. John Wick says, Cax beef sandwich. That's awesome. Uh, would Purdue promote Brian Brom, says SC Scout guy. Maybe, maybe not. Mary Catherine Gallagher, he laughs. I'm behind here on the chat box, folks. Uh, J. Wright says, so what I can gather, Carolina Rise focuses and provides sponsors and deals for players, whereas the other collective focuses on content creation and fan-athlete interaction. Is that right? Um, yeah, their own con- content creation. I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. When I got into this thing, I had certain guidelines. Uh, number one, uh, I did not want to uh, do anything that made it look like I was lining my own pockets, uh, which I felt like if I – yeah, and they were first, okay? So if I – and even if they weren't, I felt like if I did that, I would be like betraying myself. And I also thought it would be kind of hard to get people to sign up, right? You're like, we're already paying you $10 a month to be a member of the Big Spur, why are we going to pay you 20 for things you should be putting on the big spur? Anyway, you should be getting these, you know, uh, and, and I don't know how much value it would even bring to the big spur because you can have an exclusive interview uh, with like a Spencer Rattler when he enrolls, but then like the second two weeks later, he's going to go in front of the media anyway. So that's the thing there. As far as fan and athlete interaction, we do, we do some autograph stuff like our baseball clients. I got a bunch of baseball autograph baseballs over here. Um, you know, I hope to have some other stuff football wise. Uh, we have our guys that uh, sort of send personalized voicemail messages to uh, your larger uh, members that, that put in, you know, thousands of dollars a year. Um, so we do have interaction. Uh, and then the, the other part of it, too, is I'm thinking about getting into like events like VIP tailgate. Uh, maybe like a concert deal. I mean, even the, the fiance said something about doing a Carolina rise inside the Gamecocks cruise, you know, like the new kids. Yeah. yeah like me know. and yeah. Philly <laughs> broadcasting shirtless on the boat, you know, uh, or something like that. Maybe so that coach O to come with us, man. That'd be great. Oh, I want to go on the cruise. Uh, inside I, the Gamecocks. Inside the Gamecocks Carolina rise cruise. I'm coach O. I'm taking my shirt off. Uh, I'm eating average jambalaya. <laughs> wow. And Will said, why? Because he's Lincoln's brother. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something you would think about? I mean, and it's the same type of offense. So uh, Bradford's in 12-15 today. Mm-hmm. Um, Blind Squirrel. Uh, SE Sky Guy says, what's your opinion of the job Monterio Hardesty has done coaching and recruiting so far? I go back and forth. You know, Jamie's got – Jamie said something about last week, you know, that he heard – going well. I mean, it's hard to tell with a running backs coach, you know. Um, I think you kind of look at the rotation, how your players are playing, relationships, recruiting, and evaluate from there. Uh, Blind says, with Mullen out, I guess there's no chance. Um, Bobo for OC, according to Todd Monken, 
UGA's first two touchdowns versus LSU were plays Mike Bobo design. Yeah, I'm telling you, Mike Bobo's a hell of a play caller and an offensive coach. And people sometimes are like, pro-style offense. It is, it's a pro-style offense, but, that, that, but Bobo's never coached in the NFL. That's like Mark Rick and Brad Scott and uh, Bobby Bowden's old offense that's morphed through the years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all that good stuff. Tom's, Tom goes – Cut your game clock club. Tom, Tom's big to this NIL stuff, man. Yeah. He's he's the man. <laughs> Cut your game clock club donation to have given Carolina Rice. Best thing you can do for the football program. The TV networks are paying for facilities now, folks. You don't need to donate. No, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> that, no, oh, that's not man. true. Uh, J Rock says, plan to give to both. Want to help as much as I can. Just have to go over finances with the wives, see what we can do. Yeah, man. Give to both, and uh, it'll be good. Uh, Craiger has something I want to say. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm five minutes over on this break. But I love the I love the award winning dentist. That's right, man. That's great. Man. The engagement is awesome, man. <laughs> I, I love the award winning dentist, George Backstrom. Very good. I could I just couldn't say Nana Sports award winning mm-hmm. Nana award winning Nana Sports chat box in my Lou Holtz voice. That's a mouthful even for voice? us. Can you imagine? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Avoid winning bananas. Avoid the Noid Nanners, the uh, wafer box. Yeah, hurt me. Hurt me. <laughs> hurt me. Um. Oh, yeah. Craiger had this cross promotion. Okay. Yeah. And I do want to mention this. Uh, on Monday on 1075, the game, Will Gunner, uh, I go and co host an hour with him or I'm on for an hour with him on Tuesdays and Thursday morning. We don't have a show tomorrow morning, which means. I may get to go to Wednesday night karaoke, folks. Oh, oh, look out. It's an evil plan. Um, but Pup Howard, Gamecock recruit, is going to be on 715. Uh, he's a, he's probably every class you got a most famous recruit, uh, the one that is kind of the band leader. I think for 24, 2024 so far, it's Dante Reno, but it's definitely Pup Howard for 2023. Uh, Davis says, what happened to Kendall Browse? Haven't heard much on that end, but I can't rule him out. I can't rule out Browse, Riley, Longo, or Harold. Um, Jeff Fowler says, are we becoming a farm team for the bigger programs? I don't know. South Carolina is a big program. I mean, uh, I haven't seen so far. Now, now, look, I can't. That's the fear that people have of this stuff, you know, is that you're going to have a guy and you're going to have a great team coming back and, 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 your top four guys go to Texas A&M for oil money, right? That's the fear. I heard um, that about Alabama yesterday. It was like, yeah, go do you a couple of years training under Nick Saban and then just take you an NIL deal somewhere else. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> crazy. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, if anybody feels like a farm team today, it's probably Alabama. You know, <laughs> I think so. Because uh, that, that's I, I, we mentioned that, you know, Saban trains you up, gets you ready. Uh, and oh, it's so hard. And I guarantee you, one of those can end up with Miami on a four and eight football team in the ACC. They're going to play the final game of their college career with their draft stock down two rounds because they don't work and they suck so bad uh, in front of uh, 30 people at Hard Rock Stadium on senior day. It was just the diehards against, you know, Duke or whoever. And then they're going to get completely cut, just like Pitt cut them. Just like that was not because Miami needs to recruit and have talent. And here's a crazy thing, man. And, and it, this is one of those rumors, and we're still over. 
Uh, but Jamie Bradford's coming up. Um, here's the thing. I heard Miami has a recruiting board for guys to get from the portal and, and a recruiting board for guys to get in the portal. In other words, this this guy that owns that business or whatever down there that's just pay it buying guys, mm. uh, like kids are getting paid to get in the portal, to just get in. They may not get them. Yeah, that's great for that culture down there, right, Phil? Right, yeah. Talk yeah. about your Hessian mercenaries. Yeah. <laughs> my, look, Miami was great, right? Once. Well, that's and, the thing and, about that, Miami. There's so much talent in South Florida, JC. They don't need to do that. They just need to recruit where they are. I, it's crazy. I mean, because I'm like, you know, you you got to go out of the area for quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Anything else you get a rock and get. And a lot of those guys that were my, South Florida kids that went to Miami were highly rated, but a lot of them were not. They were not. They had one offer from Miami, and they went there and balled. Um, and, and I think you know you, you combine Cristobal and his sort of philosophy. I mean, it, it's it's a mess. And I feel bad for Mario Cristobal in some ways because I, always, I, I thought he was on his way to stardom, but you know you 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 still don't get it. You still don't get the fact you have a vault team. You didn't look at AM. You didn't, I mean, you're in the AC, and you're worse than AM because quite frankly, AM was competitive in the SEC this past year. They did they didn't get blown out but a couple of times and won their last game. Miami got just thumped by like the like Pitt and Duke in Middle Tennessee. That that's that's called culture. That's called not showing up. That's called not doing it. Uh everybody talking about Bobo in the chat box. Man, I wasn't talking about bringing him back. I just said he's a good offensive coordinator. Uh, that's it. Um, hey, Ryan says, how about creating a sister collective named Cox Rise that brings in funds through OnlyFans? <laughs> I was kicking around this idea the other day, and, and, and none of you guys – well, here, Meredith may like I, – I don't know. You know, we don't have – we have 95% male audience. But we were sitting there, how, how can we get the soccer dudes, you know, a, a, a reasonable NIL deal – that, that also helps Carolina rise. You know, obviously the focus is not on men's side. It's on football right now, period. And, uh, and baseball, yeah, we do help baseball, basketball, but uh, 90% of the money is coming in is earmarked for football, right? And so so we're kicking it around, and I was like, wait a minute, what do these guys look like? And uh, I showed my fiance some pictures. We thought about like a gate, a boys of summer Gamecock men's soccer pinup calendar. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dude, well, the, the, the country's 55% women. The, the, the fan base is 52% that women. That would go. Yeah, that would go. I mean, I'd yeah. sell it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I mean, I'll just go back to my days when, when I was a Chippendales dancer, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we we, we often forget about that time in your life. J, JC won the, the hot body contest of Coach Ozone with Summer. <laughs> All right, we're at we're way over. Got to get a break. Then there'll be two more breaks this hour, uh, but they won't be long. We've shortened them, and our commercials sound fabulous. We'll be back after these messages. 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Easy. He's got a tire by the tail, he has. He better hang on too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! And Welcome back to Inside the Game Talks, the show, everybody. The show is brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662. And the second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot Adam an email at Burgesson, A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at Remax.net. And we're joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than uh, J.B. Bradford. I don't know why I stumbled over that, J.B. <laughs> Just get it's it, get it rolling, tongue tied. You know, J.C. was talking about the Swedish Chef earlier. <laughs> Jamie Bradford. We we've all stumbled in our lives, right? Please, yeah. yeah, a little bit here. And there. Welcome in, Jamie. Uh, I want to. Sorry, I'm late. Sorry. Yeah, it's all ah, good. No worries, man. I'll say there's one thing. Rakeem says Alabama has C.J. Dupree coming in this week. Uh, that's the tight end for Maryland that the Gamecocks are trying to get. Uh, they're supposed to come in next week. Could not have an OC cost us right now. Nah, if, if he wants to go to Alabama, he's going to go to Alabama. I mean, if Alabama didn't have an OC and Carolina did, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. I mean, that's uh, right. Alabama's Alabama, and and you got to watch out for them in the portal now because they're losing so many guys. They got a lot of spaces. Uh, this could be some things. Velvet uh, Husker. So um, the deal there, Jamie. Um, yep. Did I go away, guys? Did no, I go away? You're, you're still no, here. You're, oh, here. you're good. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Uh, so uh, 
Piater Bowl has been announced uh, two weeks away from the end of the season. Lots of crazy stuff happening portal-wise. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll start off with Jaheim Bell. You know, what, what was your take on that situation? Uh, pretty much, well, this is just kind of the new way of doing things and always expect the unexpected. Uh, I had no inclination that that was going to happen. I mean, I think that a few weeks ago you thought, well, there's certainly a, a contingent of players who could probably look to to go elsewhere and do something a little bit different led by him because he, you know, what really wasn't being used properly for a while, but that seemed to all settle down and, and all the information that I would say I had and I think a lot of other people out there, probably including y'all, was that uh, Jaheim Bell was was more than likely going to return to play for the Gamecocks one more year and then and then take his chances in pro football. But, um, yeah, so, you know, you look around the country and, and you see starting quarterbacks, I mean, guys who, you know, the leaders of their teams dipping out. I mean, you look up uh, at Ohio State, this isn't the portal, but, you know, their best player outside of C.J. Stroud, the wide receiver, uh, who couldn't get healthy, finally got healthy, got in there. They're in the playoff playing the number one team in the country, Georgia, with a chance to play for a national championship, and that means nothing to him. He's going to he's gonna go play in the NFL. So he's decided to go ahead and declare and sign and 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 move on. And, you know, so, yeah, look, around college football, you know, it's not it's not what it once was. Um, you know, I, I don't – I wish Jaheim Bell the best, uh, outstanding player, and um, gave a lot to the Gamecocks and, and certainly – Enjoyed watching him play here and hope he does well somewhere else. Really wish he was going to continue to be a Gamecock, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast these days. And, um, you know, the portal has has been really good to South Carolina. And so sometimes the, the good comes with the bad, and that's where they are. But uh, certainly comfortable saying I, I think that Shane Beamer and his staff will will be able to go out and, and find another couple of really good players to come in and fill the role for, for Jaheim Bell. Talk with Jamie Bradford uh, as we do every Wednesday. Yeah, and you know, I I, I don't think, and, and it was it was a tough timing uh, of the situation because, you know, I'd been hearing, you know, you heard about the the, the fearsome foursome, right, uh, or the four horsemen we talked about here on the, the Nano Sports chat box. They were talking about uh, the four horsemen. Uh, and I think collectively in our minds, we 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 kind of grouped them together. Um, and so that people started thinking there would be a domino effect that that's to go, that flies in the face of, of what I heard, just like Stogner is not going to affect Rattler's decision, uh, and all that. And, and Jamie, I still think the Gamecocks, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised if they didn't get at least two of the final three, but, uh, they could, they could hit the trifecta on those three. And, uh, I think if they stock up at tight end and, you know, get some guys over there, depending on what kind of offense they run. Uh, I'm not going to say they won't miss Jaheim, um, but I, I do think that the Gamecocks can can replace him and, and their the outcome of next season will not be negatively impacted uh, if those other guys do come back. Yeah, I, I look, you know, it, this is um, college football and college athletics in general are so great because it's so personal to all of us. You know, we, we, we grew up – uh, getting to know these guys without actually ever getting to know them, right? I mean, you, you look back in your life at all of the kids you've watched play in uniform 
for whatever school you pull for, you know, with us, it's mostly the University of South Carolina. And although, you know, we guys like us, we've, we've been lucky enough to meet a lot of these dudes over the years because of the industry that we've been in, which has been a dream come true, honestly. Um, but but for those that you never really got a chance to meet, you still felt like you knew them. And so it felt really personal, uh, you know, watching them play. You, you call them by their first name and you know something about them. You know their hometown, you know, Blake Mitchell, LaGrange, Georgia, and things like that. You could rattle this stuff off, but when your wife tells you to wash the dishes, you forget. You know, and 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 so it's it's a really personal connection for all of us. We we fall in love with these guys that, that wear the uniform that we care so much about, and that's one of the reasons why why fans have fallen so much in love with Shane is because he feels like they do. He is a fan of the team that he coaches, and and that is generally not the case, right? So when one of your when one of the kids that you feel like you know ups and leaves on you basically in the middle of the night it, it feels personal because it has been personal to you for a while you you pay all this money you sit in the bleachers you you travel to bowl games you go wherever it is you 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 know you plan your children's birthday parties and your birthday party and your mother's birthday party funerals whatever it is anniversaries around when these guys play games and then when they leave your program and decide to go do something else it, it becomes very personal to a lot of us because it's like Dude, I have literally moved around my anniversary to watch you play football. Don't care about that. We don't care because he doesn't know. Uh, and if he did know, he probably wouldn't care anyways. Because as many of them are calling this, this is, these are business decisions. That's not a personal. Challenge. It's just it's just kind of the nature of the beast. So fans get frustrated like this all across the country because it does feel very personal. Uh, and then these players feel like they're making the the best personal decision they can make. It's kind of a crossroads. Uh, but it kind of is where it is right now. I, I do think college football needs to make some adjustments. There's a lot going on in December, um, and and it's it's just really chaotic. And I think they could probably ease that a little bit. But um, yeah, you know they, they'll find they'll find other players. And uh, last couple of games, Trey Kenyon and, and Nate Atkins has been have been really good. Anyways, Marshawn should be healthy and ready to play in the game and running back. And uh, South Carolina will go out and beat Notre Dame, and then they'll finish a year in a flurry, and this will all be forgotten. Yeah, I think one thing, too, Jason, uh, Jamie, that we kind of overlook, at least I, I doubt we overlook it, but there's a lot of people out there, you know, that are a bit reactionary and, uh, you know, get a bit panicky and jittery at this time, is that we have a coach who is, A, an adept recruiter, and B, has already shown prowess for being able to function in this new world order of college football because he's already shown that he's done well in the portal, even in the brief two years that we've had him as a head coach. So that's why I really have full faith in Shane Beamer because of the fact that we he's already got a track record here. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to lose some, you're going to win some too. So, you know, the winning may come after the losing, and that's the way it's looking this year. Um, but still what we've lost, it's not like other teams. It's not like some of these, you know, big oh. name programs, these longstanding coaches who, you know, kind of have drugged their feet through this new NIL world. And we are very well set up in my opinion to be able to succeed here. Well, let me, let me ask you both a question. I, and we're all Gamecocks here. So I, I get it. This answer is going to be a little bit biased. Um, but I mean, honestly, if, if you were a neutral observer, do, do everything you can to take your Carolina hat off for a second. If you're a neutral observer, who do you, whose future do you feel better about right now? South Carolina's or Clemson's? Uh, you know, you know and, and, and let me ask you this. If, if you eliminate is, recency bias, I think you have to honestly say Carolina. 
And, and if and if it is Clemson, if you say, look, I still think that the the uh, the immediate outlook of their program is a little bit better than South Carolina. It's the strength of the SEC. All there, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Carolina really hasn't proven anything just yet. Unbelievable wins to finish the year, eight and four, beat the Tigers, no doubt. But let's just say it's still Clemson. Is it as wide of a gap as it was not long ago? I, that's a pretty easy answer, right? No. So, you know, Sh- Shane, Shane has a. I'm sh- I know we're going to talk about the OC in just in a little bit. Um, th- this is a different scenario from two years ago, right? And hiring the offensive coordinator, much more interest. You, I don't want to say you're going to have your pick of the litter because there's a lot of moving parts in these processes, but certainly the litter is much larger. And, and there's a lot of there's a lot of cats in there that you'd really like to have and that, that would really like to have this job compared to a couple of years ago for multiple reasons. Guess what? That's the same thing with players. And you only have to go back one year. And look what they did in the portal last year by getting players. They're better this year. So, like, we have no idea what's coming over the next, I'd say, eight weeks or so. But I got a feeling – it's going to be pretty good. I mean, they, they have done an outstanding job of putting themselves in position to capitalize on the recent success from the coaching side and from the player side. And so when you lose guys, you have the ability to go out and kind of correct that issue much quicker uh, than just a couple of years ago before the portal was what it is. Oh, yeah. If it were the portal, I think we'd be sitting here going – Hey, they this four and eight season they just completed. They showed some progress. <laughs> uh, if you think about all the players from the portal that have made an impact uh, on, on this program in two short years, and you know, and I'll say this, guys, it's not just the guy. Like I just went through Alabama's list of players they lost. A lot of decorated guys that came out of uh, high school, yep. and some that you know were decorated that can't play dead in the movie. Um, but you think about this. A, a, a guy from East Tennessee State, a guy from James Madison, uh, and a guy from Wingate uh, had his, has had a lot to do with Carolina beating Clemson, uh, and and certainly, uh, you know, True. Clemson's five stars were not as dominant as, as yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes sometimes you got to look at the player, uh, and I think the portal as we move along is going to really start to get people to open their eyes to it and go, well, yeah, there's more than one way to get this done in college football. You don't have to, you know, because it used to be, and then you have, you know, you got the blue chip ratio and all that crap. All right. So TCU, what, what's their blue chip ratio? Do we think? I don't think it's very good. I think it's less than 50%. uh, Just because the, the guys doing the evaluation out there just automatically always think the better players go to Texas, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. But uh, that's not always true. Uh, and so I, I think I think where you're going to start seeing some some new teams pop in and, and, and things like that uh, and get it uh, get it done. Uh, by the way, welcome into the chat box, Huncho T. Huncho T. That's a good name. Uh, tough Peckers in there too today. He uh, all right. He asked about sellers. Man. Uh, uh, go sellers. Uh, you know, anything new on sellers? Yeah, he uh, uh I said it earlier. I, th- I think the, the new coordinator will help with that, but don't, don't like cross him off the list. I know he seems solid with Virginia and he may go there. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot going on in Virginia right now, though. So, uh, just uh, hang tight with that. Let's see sort of what happens. Gene Bell's uncle apparently said he didn't go there to play running back, he didn't. No. That's true. 
so that's the deal there. Okay, got to hit another break, and we have one after this, unfortunately, guys, because I, I screwed up and talked. Well, to hey, look, I, I, real quick on that. No disrespect at all to Jaheim Bell's uncle. I I sure. don't mean it this way, but. The carry on joiner came here to do a lot of things besides doing what he's been doing. And uh to carry on joiner forever, as Michael Flint pointed out to me the other night, we were talking on the phone about joiner. For for the rest of his life, he is safe in South Carolina. He'll always have a job. Uh he will he'll always be beloved. Probably never pay for another meal if he doesn't want to. Uh I mean, you know, because he came in and totally he committed to South Carolina. So, you know, that's two different scenarios, two different situations. We ne you never, you know, I'm just surface comparison here. That's all. Um, but, uh, but Jaheim Bell, you know, certainly uh, could have continued to, to etch his name into history at South Carolina. He chose not to do so. And that's okay. As Steve Spurrier once said, worry about the guys that you have and not about the ones that you don't. And they got a bowl game to play and they'll go play that game with the guys that they've got. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just want to say Juice Wells stay or is locked for the draft. No, no, Juice lock Wells is not draft. a lot for the draft. Right. Uh, just to answer that, because I don't want people thinking that. And um, yeah, so that's the deal there. Uh, Thomas asked if it's Dan Mullen yet or not. No, that Dan's off the board, man. Dan Mullen will not be the MC at South Carolina, everybody. Yeah. All right. So, all right. All right. <laughs> Quick break, folks, and we'll be right back inside the Gamecast show with Jamie Bradford and Phil Mullinax rolling on. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843 699 1001 is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843 699 1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. You can't handle the truth. Gamecock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662 for your next sunroom edition. And the second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at REMAX at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot Adam an email at aburgesson, A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at REMAX.net. And, of course, second hour on Wednesdays, always... Happy to have Jamie Bradford here on the Meredith Taylor 
McKellar Enterprises guest line. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. When you got to go through all the love of my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, man. We, we have the second yeah. hour. Yeah, there's a. He's mentioned the guests. There's a lot of long business names. Okay, can we not get Adam's cell phone number? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how. I, that's how it's I the email address. Oh, no, no, that's all right. Adam, that's good. Uh, yeah. you know, exactly. <laughs> how about how about we? Uh, how about we? Uh, how about you? Uh, how about it's the the golf with Meredith guest lines or something? The like golf that. with Meredith. Yeah, golf with Meredith. Yeah, yeah, right. well, I usually McKellar. nail that one on McKellar yeah. Enterprises because that's that, you that's know, why I was like, you know, when when I, I started my LLC, which is like where the money for the sh- this show goes to and some other projects, Sherbert, that's too long. The Sherbert company, corporate, uh, uh, and plus my uncle's landscaping company is called Sherbert Inc. So I just called it Sherb Nation, like yeah, Live Nation. Yeah. So so there we go. Uh, I wanted to say this. It, it mentioned this. Ryan says, I love Shane Beamer. He is Carolina. has done an unbelievable job of getting us where we are. My suspicion is that he's had a few things fall into his lap that have helped to change the trajectory. Uh, though, and I'm, I'll say this, I don't think that Juice Wells uh, is, is something that fell in his lap, because if you think about this, and I think this is changing people's minds about star ratings, um, Juice had Texas, Florida, North Carolina, everybody else. Um, Nate Atkins had LSU offer. Uh, yeah. uh, Jalen Brooks was the previous staff. Uh, I will say, you know, that uh, inheriting Marshawn Lloyd was kind of falling in, in your lap. And, and, and the, the good players, Will Muschamp, left. But everybody griped and said, Will Muschamp left no talent. That was wrong. Well, um, but there's you – know. but there, hold on now. There, there's a string attached to that comment because in today's world, when there's coaching changes, there, there are there's a mass exodus at times of players. Oh, absolutely. And, and that did not He deserves credit. Show. Yeah, no, and it's, I, I don't think that fell in his lap. Maybe he had a good group, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know, part of football is, uh, you know, surprises. And, and every coach will tell you, you got guys that come in uh, that are surprises, and you're like, man, how did we end up getting this guy or whatever? And I'm not saying there's nobody like that on the roster. I'm just saying that just because Juice Wells and and Corey Rucker and, and you know, name your player that did not have hype coming out of high school you know, came to South Carolina and did good things. That, that that's that's not luck. That's good evaluating. Um, you know, good. You can say good fortune sometimes, right? You know, I think it's good fortune that you didn't have a bunch of transfers. But then again, that's not luck either. I think I think you have to work to that. That gets back to relationships and things of that nature. Um, so, offensive coordinator, you want to talk about that now or not? Talk about your your show. Well, I know, but you know, I get, I get, I get, I give you, uh, just, I give you carte blanche, man. Talk about Christmas cookies if we want to. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Now, yeah. Well, so, so Phil, you, you, Phil brings up, yeah, this chicken Christmas, right. Christmas cookies. Yesterday was a Christmas oh, like tree Christmas. cake. Now, yesterday was a Christmas. Phil had a Christmas tree cake. For breakfast, so he's he's in the holiday spirit. Oh, a quick Christmas nugget here. I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of pushback on this, but that's okay. That's all right. I love all Christmas movies. Everybody always has their favorites, of course. I'm absolutely no doubt top top of the list for me is Christmas Vacation and and Home Alone and and all the classics. Um, I like like all the actual like black and white classics too. By the way, you know, um, I, I I but I will say this one one of the more underrated Christmas movies out there, in my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. Is Christmas with the Cranks? 
I did, I watched it last night, and I'm like, I just always forget how funny this movie is. Tim Allen is a so funny, funny movie, and yes. I love Christmas with the Cranks. I was literally laughing throughout the movie, and uh, so some of the acting in it's cheesy, but I don't care because it's it's a Christmas movie. So uh, absolutely, yeah, I like it too. Um, I like so that yeah, it was OC. I don't I don't know Spurrier. Uh, <laughs> Somebody mentions I knew that was eventually going to Mike come Holmgren. Up. Sure, I'll, I'll come <laughs> dial them up for a year. Let's go. I'll call the ball plays. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Mark likes a Christmas story. I'm not a fan. I think he said a Christmas. Oh, okay. I thought he was being. Yeah, Four Christmases is good. And I John agree. Fav- no, I the like John, the Christmas. John Favreau character is good. Mm-hmm. Any, anything with Vince Vaughn, like Vince Vaughn normally doesn't do bad movies. Like the, when he was in Psycho with Anne Hesh, R.I.P., uh, it was kind of bad. While y'all but, focus on those dudes, I yeah. am generally focused on Reese Witherspoon in that movie. But y'all talk about all the dudes y'all you want to. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Well, we're it's already going to do a soccer pinup calendar, man. We've already got gone completely Chippendales here. So yeah. Yeah. we're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Elf rules, too. By the way, all right. So we'll, 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 we'll talk about that closer to Christmas. Um, <laughs> you know, OC, uh, Chuck brings up the point. Other schools come to pluck Carolina's coaches, got to pay them to keep them happy. <laughs> right. You know, last year, let us Mike Peterson because he went back to his alma mater. Who else did they lose last year? Um, Who, well, what were you talking about? Uh, oh, coaching wise. Coaching. Oh, the tight ends coach, Kimry. He took Kimry, a high school Kimry, job. Yeah. Who just won, so, by the way, who just won another won state, state championship. championship. I sent him a message. I said, dude, you. How many more fingers? You need to grow more fingers. Yeah. Uh, he was like, dude, unbelievable. So I think champ, that's twenty for that program too. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that uh, yeah, you know. So, but, but to your point, like under under Steve Spurrier, I agree that was an issue, and I agree at the time the athletic department wasn't willing to 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 give multi year contracts and. That's not the case uh, and, now. Yeah, and you saw Tennessee come to – I mean, you saw – but that that's not the case anymore. Muschamp actually did not – I'm trying to think of who left. That under Muschamp? Panicked about. Yeah, who do people panic about leaving under Muschamp? I, I don't remember. Tom Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown. Well, he went yeah. to the Rams, though. Yeah. You know, and a lot of guys went to the NFL. Spurrier, though, that was a problem. And, and Spurrier's problem was he uh, – by the time there was new athletics leadership that would have given him what he wanted, uh, he and he and uh, he and Junior were kind of in the mindset of, well, nobody needs to be making all this money now. Come on now, head ball coach, you know. And, and it wasn't his fault. It wasn't being. It's just kind of how he's always operated. Like when he was at Florida, he had terrible assistant coaches, except for Bob Stoops. Terrible. I mean, those guys never got. A lot of those guys never coached again after Spurrier left, but. Uh, you know, I think he just thought when he had it rolling, he could just shoot head ball coach. We'll just keep going, you know. Uh, and, and he didn't because it's just what he's used to because he didn't understand, you know, you need coaches to recruit and all that. Somebody mentions Des Kitchings, yeah. Well, he went to the NFL too, so yeah, they, they lost some guys, yeah. So that family man with Nick Cage also underrated, anyway. Yeah. Um, so the OC, I, I, I'm, I think I'm back to believing Jamie that. Uh, and and I don't know that I ever got off this. It was just kind of kind of started getting puzzled because it just kind of the info went dark on it. Uh, I don't. Th- I, th- I think we're no none of us. Beamer is not on anybody's timeline right here, right? And uh, 
So that's uh, that's something to keep in mind. And you also have to keep in mind with what all has been going on. I mean, he's a busy guy. You got recruiting. You mentioned, uh, you know, guys hitting the portal, all that. Uh, but I'm back to believing, you know, based on some little tidbits I've heard here and there that, you know, he, he's probably going to, you know, swing for the fences and uh, and see what happens. Um, and, and I don't, I think that as time, time as we've gotten more and more distant from Satterfield leaving the Monday after the Clemson game, which really was just a week ago, uh, maybe the feeling is he's been striking out. But I can say without a the shadow of a doubt, he he hadn't he hadn't struck out anybody. Don't don't take anybody. If you take somebody off, take it off because he's not going to offer them the job, or because they've taken another job somewhere and, and really weren't serious candidates anyway. No, they. Look, it's it. This is this is a very, 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 very tight-lipped search right now. I mean, there's speculation. There's this. There's that. There, there's there's two people right now who really have an idea. Maybe three. I'd say three people who really have an idea. Shane, Coach Tanner, Chance. And those guys are just being filled in on what Shane's telling them because they're actually working on contracts, right? So this is all kind of coming under the same umbrella where Shane's set to receive a raise. There's other coaches who are going to probably have some restructuring going on, and and they got some they got some other hires they're going to have to make. Um, so outside of that, it's all speculation. Again, I go back to what I said earlier. This I know, um, you know this. This is not two years ago. It, it, this is a totally different pool of of dudes. Uh, the interest level is outstanding. Um, let's all remind ourselves something as well, because we all want to make sure we, we're always focused on our program, which is the University of South Carolina. There are a lot of OC openings right now in the SEC. There is a lot of money in the SEC. There's a lot of tradition in the SEC. So the way that fans at South Carolina view this job and the way that an offensive coordinator might view this job versus the Auburn job or the A&M job or another job out there might be a little bit different for their own reasons. It might You, you might get – I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm literally throwing out a hypothetical here. But Garrett Riley, for instance, might – become the next offensive coordinator at Texas A&M. And everybody's like, oh, Shane struck out. Well, no, he, he didn't want to leave Texas for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't want to move their children from the schools that they're in and they're going to travel back. Forth. Maybe their family's there. I don't know. But, like, there's always more to the, the, the story generally. So, like, we, we just – well, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see. Look, you know, some of Coach Beamer's – you know, first couple of hires, I'd say that people have, you know, certainly have had some questions about, obviously, the OC hire. I understand that. And then there's some others that are certainly out there. Um, but one of the things that he never gets credit for are the hires that he absolutely hammered. Now, he has definitely gotten credit for Pete Limbo. That's easy to see because the special teams is the best special teams unit in the history of the program. But, like, it, Justin Stepp isn't talked about enough. Um, uh, Torian Gray isn't talked about enough. Like, there, there are other aspects of this program that are not getting a ton of attention. I'll tell you, the more and more that I hear it behind the scenes, like Montario Hardesty, I think, is a pretty good football coach. And for a while, I was kind of questioning a lot of this because I, I just wasn't sure based on what I saw and what I had heard. Well, I was hearing from the wrong people, and I've, I'm raising my hand to say I had bad sources. 
like I've got really good sources that are like, oh, this cat's pretty good, and here's why. You know, so like it, Shane has basically asked this entire uh, university and its supporters and followers to trust him for two years. And he just finished season eight and four with top ten wins. So I, I think we can trust him for another couple of weeks. And let's see what he comes up with here. Uh, people are going to have PTSD because the Satterfield thing just did not work for so long. And you're never going to be able to eliminate all of that. And I get it. Uh, and, and you're absolutely feel the way you want to feel. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that you're wrong until you actually see it out on the field to prove it. Right. Um, but but with all that said, you know, it's a totally different situation uh, than it was just a couple of years ago. And I got a feeling whoever he hires is going to be pretty good. I do too. And I would say don't don't rule any of the names out that you've heard. Don't don't just because I, I don't think this is like previous searches in terms of, of maybe no. what's in people's mind and what's not. I also remind everybody that says it's gonna come out of left field. I'll just be honest. It might. Neither one of us had Marcus Satterfield and Clayton White. Yeah. I I remember nobody mentioned Clayton White until I saw the name pop up on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I knew who he was. I thought he's a guy maybe Beamer should talk to, but uh, I'm sitting in line at Disney with with, with uh, the kids and, and Nat and about to get on Rise of the Resistance. And uh, boom, Clayton White's next DC at South Carolina. I was like, wow, who is that? So, yeah. Um, so, that was the guy from Western Kentucky. I called him the guy, the guy from Western Kentucky uh, for a while. All right. Final break. We'll be back to wrap things up with Jamie Bradford right here on the show. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. I've been expecting you, Mr. Powers. Sometime in the near future, there's a good chance I'll move back to my home area of the upstate of South Carolina. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's nobody I would use to help me find a new home except Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane, located in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a diehard Gamecock. 864-414-5271. Give Cindy a call. 864-414-5271. A proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, Mo Cabe here from Carolina Gamecocks. 
You're listening to Inside the Game Cox, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Game Cox, the show, everybody. The show is brought to you by Express Sun Rooms in Columbia. Give John a call, 803 446 4662. As well as the second hour being brought to you by the Re- Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at a Burgesson. That's A B E R G E S O N at Remax.net. Jamie Bradford is in on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. And that's the first time I've done this right all day. So I'm happy about that. Look at that. <laughs> but you know what? Part of the charm of the show is Phil's foibles, I guess. That's <laughs> right. Um, all right, so so Tuff says this, and and look, man, I I don't know where Rick Neuheisel got this. I didn't hear what he said. I probably should text Childers and ask him. Does Beamer's kid, this is from Tuff Pecker. I'll read all your questions, dude, because I like your username. is pretty awesome. Uh, once again, this Chippendale show here, man, uh, today. Does Beamer's contract extension and raise come into play with the search? how much he's going to make moving forward to confirm how much we're going to throw at an OC. Uh, oh, well, this wasn't about the new Heisel thing. Uh, no, no, I, they, 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 they come out of different buckets. Uh, I mean, Jamie, what do you think? I think, I think it does. If Shane, uh, I think it does. If that is something that Shane needs to have happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Co- coach Spurrier did this. Uh, Coach Muschamp did this, as a matter of fact. They negotiated lower salaries in order to have a larger pool for their assistants. Um, so, you know, it is common. It happens more often than we think. It's not publicized. I think if that is something that needs to happen, Shane Beamer will negotiate something on his end to make his football team stronger if, if, if that's what it takes to do. Yeah, Dabo did the same thing. I mean, one, at one he point, that, Dabo was making 1.7, and I think – Either Morris or Venables one was making one point one. Yeah. <laughs> it was bizarre. Uh, you know, you gamble on yourself; it's going to pay off. Because look at how much Dabo is making now. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see what the number is going to be on Chain. Um, I'm guessing it's somewhere between five and six. Is what I'm guessing. That would and be my guess too. That would be my guess. Um, and and I don't think there's any shortage of change for an offensive coordinator and for that matter really any but any other changes that are necessary I, I think that this administration in South Carolina is uh, fully fully on board with uh with supporting coach Beamer and whatever they need from a financial aspect. Yeah. I mean th- think about this guys. They gave Will Muschamp's guys um, uh, you know was first that million dollar coordinators in BMAC and, and T-Rob and Muschamp was making five. So it's not like you know, there's been some high, and I'm sure donations and all that are up right now, uh, and all that good stuff. I think five or six. Um, I think what New Heisel said was that Sexton was telling people Shane needs seven point five or he's walking. I, I I think if I were Jimmy, you know, look, Jimmy said. I mean, I, I would tell you, and you can't really tell Jimmy Sexton this. He's a powerful dude and represents everybody. But after kind of dealing with him through coaching searches and all, like. I know Carolina's administration was not fired up about having to deal with him again, uh, you know, this last time around. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably tell him to shove it <laughs> uh, if he came to me like that and demanded that, you know. I mean, look, we will play Beamer 7.5, send a statement. I think Shane deserves money, you know. 
uh, don't do it at the expense of your other coaches. I mean, don't do it at the expense of your program because, as the guy said earlier, they're, they're going to be – I know of one very key staff member right now uh, that's got major – you know, the, the a couple of programs, Blue Bloods, coming after him hard, uh, and he's not replaceable. So, And I'm not going to say who it is, so don't try to guess. But, uh, you know, there's another situation where, you know, two more guys can double their salary you know, going someplace else. You don't want that much turn. I mean, you have to have a staff in place. Um, and I, I, and I think, I think with, from that standpoint, guys, so far during the Beamer era, with the exception of, I would have maybe liked to have seen Shane get a small raise last year. Uh, I think the guys on the staff last year that deserved raises and uh, extensions got it. And those that did not, did not, uh, except, except Shane. So I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that that pattern continues. Uh, and I heard between 1.6 and 1.8 for OC for the right guy. So there you go, for the right guy. And I'm not going to say who I think that is because it may be a couple of different people, but uh, that that's kind of what it is. Now, if they get 1.1, don't come back and say they're being cheap. Well, this is 1.6. That's not true. Everybody gets market value. You don't hang out a shingle and say, here's what the salary for this job is. Come take it. You negotiate that uh, relative, a lot of times relative to experience, Jamie. I mean, it's kind of crazy because coaching salaries you think would be based on other things besides experience, but no, it's based on experience. Yeah, and, and I think too, you know, right now you've got a little bit of a different negotiation going on at South Carolina, you know, a little bit different from from some other schools out there. I mean, certainly Coach Tanner and and Chance and, and the administration are not going to – when they make the recommendation to the BOT, they're not going to insult Coach Beamer. Like, that, you don't, you don't want to do that. Uh, and, and Ray, Coach Tanner, is, is not stupid, <laughs> and neither is Chance. They, they will not uh, recommend something that's going to insult this man uh, with what he has done. I mean, you look financially across the landscape of Carolina sports since he has arrived. And and, it, and there is a similar feel to Spurrier. I mean, every game this year was sold out at home, except for the Hurricane game. Every game was sold out. Look what's going on at the bowl game, guys. There's going to be an ass load of Gamecock fans mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. If you don't have your tickets, you're going to be in the nosebleeds if you can still get them. If you don't have a hotel, you're staying in Brunswick. I mean, like, there is an ass of people, excuse my French, going to Jacksonville. So, like... You know, donate donors. I mean, everything has changed a little bit. That, there's a there's a little bit of that Spurrier effect there. So, um, he he has created and generated a bunch of extra revenue for the universities. They won't they won't cheap him out. But then also, you've got a guy who really wants to be here. So he's coming into this like it's not like you've got two or three schools. And may, maybe they do. They they, they might, but we you know, we just don't know that, and probably never would. But it's not like you have two or three schools who have requested or not requested and just gone ahead and made contact with Shane or with Jimmy or whomever. And and now you've got a big fight on your hands in the South Carolina athletics department. Like that's not what's going on. Like you've got a coach who's like, I'm staying, I'm here. And you've got an athletics director who's saying you're my guy. So everybody's on the same page here. Now it's okay. What's best for the program? What's best for Shane? What's best for these coaches? What's best for all this? It's it's just putting the puzzle together is what it is. Uh, you're not missing pieces to the puzzle. You're just putting the puzzle together from financial aspects. So, 
it's a little bit of a different negotiation as opposed to when you have coaches who like the Lane Kiffin situation. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? We're going to have to pay yeah. more money to stay. You don't have that situation here. It's about paying a guy money that he's worth, but not because he's not because he's worth it because somebody else says he is and they're willing to take him from. Him. Absolutely, I I think that's that's definitely the case. You pay him for what he's worth, and like I said, you're right. The crowds came back. Williams Bryce was outstanding this year, and. Uh, this Gator Bowl crowd, I think, is going to probably be as big of a crowd as Carolina's taken since the first Outback Bowl back in 2000. Oh, this is going to be outstanding. And real quick to Ryan, how much of the sellouts early in the year do you think had to do with Rattler? Oh, I think a lot, but Rattler's here because of Shane. So, again, it all comes back to, to Coach Beamer. But, yeah, I think a lot to do with Rattler. This, this bowl game, I remember – I've been to a ton of them. Uh, and and I remember the 2000 Outback Bowl really well. It was actually January 1st, 2001, following the 8-4 and four year under Coach Holtz. And they lost the Clemson game that year when Rod Gardner shoved Andre Goodman into the sidelines. And, and, and you know, 35,000 Gamecocks went to Tampa for that game. Uh, Might have been more than that. I mean, J.C., you and I were talking on the phone the other day, you know, being in Ybor City the night before the game and looking around going – is this five points? I mean, this was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Um, there's going to be a similar feel this go around. You know, there's no doubt. People are coming. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they've they've come out of the COVID deal. You know, last year, Carolina, those that didn't make the trip to, to Charlotte because we had Charlotte fatigue. Carolina went up there, spanked North Carolina. They won the game. They're over the whole Virginia debacle. There's a lot of enthusiasm in the program. And most importantly, it's a place that ties two generations together. You've got an older generation of Gamecock fans that used to know the Gator Bowl quite well. Carolina went there multiple times, and they've ne they never won a game there. But now you've got a whole generation of fans who've never been to Jacksonville to see South Carolina play in a bowl game. 1987, so you're talking about 35 years since they have been there. Well, since then, they've been to Orlando. They've been to Tampa. They've been everywhere pretty much in the southeast except for Nashville. But they have not been to Jacksonville, and it's three, three hours and 45 minutes from Charleston. It's five hours from Columbia. It's an easy drive. This is going to be an outstanding crowd. I think it might be maybe outside of the playoff, and even the playoffs just a bunch of big money people sometimes. This might be the best made-for-TV crowd in bowl season when they play that game on ESPN at 330. I think it's going to be outstanding. Yeah, I, I do too. Another name, of course, on top of that uh, is going to be pretty awesome. So, well, it's going, be, it's going to be really cool when Gamecock fans outnumber Notre Dame fans. I think it'll be 70-30 Carolina just based too. on what I'm hearing from the ticket office. And, yep. you know, I talked to somebody the other day. They said, yeah, I think Carolina got 13000 to begin with. And they're going to get more. I mean, they have to, they're going to have to request more. They got uh, – wait a minute. Or was it, it was maybe a smaller number. And then they got – it was 13000 requests just through the Gamecock Club. Yeah. Um, and then you, know, you had all the other people that just bought it through Ticketmaster too. Uh, and I'll tell you, yeah, Gamecocks, uh, now the Gator Bowl used to seat, the actual Gator old Gator Bowl Stadium was this big old 80,000-seat wood-bleachered behemoth. But uh, it uh, it said about 80. Carolina brought 60 yeah. the last time. So uh, that's the deal there. I mean, that's in, in 87. So it's not a bad drive. A lot of places in the low country you can go down back in the day. The kickoff time is perfect, too, for perfect. that because it's 3.30 and – uh, I know I'll be like like Manute Bull in the Saturday Night Live uh, skits. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> so I will be, be there. All right, Jamie. We always enjoyed it, bud. And yep. uh, we'll Sorry talk to you the... next Wednesday. But 
So Maybe they'll be an OC next Wednesday. I know there'll be probably be more roster moves, portal moves, recruiting stuff, but we'll uh, we'll rock and roll them, my brother. Absolutely. I hope everybody's enjoying their Christmas season, and uh, we look forward to doing it again. Go Cox, as always. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And with that, me and Phil are going to bid adieu to all of you. Uh, Nana Sports chat box. I uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, Chuck says two favorite hours of the day are coming to an end. Now I got to go drink liquor. Could be worse. See y'all tomorrow. Cheers. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> Pour one out for us. I got to go record JC and Morgan. You can look for that later today as well. And then yep, maybe, and it maybe is Pearl more. Harbor Day today, JC. So uh, the day that we'll live in infamy, we'll remember that. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say this. It's just my uh, great, uh, grandmother's generation. Yeah. Yeah, Pearl Harbor Day. And uh, it's, it's, it's a weird day for me because my dad died 27 years ago on Pearl Harbor Day. Hmm. And uh, I did want to say that about the uh, first game I went to at Williams Bryce Stadium with my dad, Notre Dame, Carolina, because nice. David, David got me thinking about this. And um, my parents always went to the Gator Bowl and, uh, Dad liked to play the dog tracks, you know, down there, Greyhound races in Florida or whatever. But uh, certainly very nostalgic because that the 1980s is when my dad and I uh, bonded over Carolina football. Uh, we didn't bond over much, but that was one thing. And that's the warrant for him. I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you guys. I may, uh, may have been a Clemson fan. Nah. All right. <laughs> you'd have grown out of it yeah uh, for for phil Mullinax, jc sherbert uh have a great day everyone we'll see you tomorrow on thursday inside the game crash the ship okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.